0: Hello, everyone. This is Paul for the course, and I'm Tom Kay, the Director of Communications for Washington Golf. Um, today, we have with us Jeff Wallach. And uh, Jeff, he, I know him as a golf writer, but uh, he's also written numerous uh, other items and subject matters other than golf. He's written nearly a thousand articles for Publications such as the New York Times, the Oregonian newspaper, Sports Illustrated, Men's Journal, and and on and on. He's uh, the author of five nonfiction books, and one of them I know at least is the uh, history book of Eugene Country Club. And uh, Jeff is a repeat guest with us here on the podcast. Uh, Two years ago, uh, Jeff uh, was on here uh, talking about his first book of fiction, which was called Mr. Wizard. And uh, the reason for him being with us today is... He's come out uh, or is uh, going to soon to publish a kind of a follow-up book to that, another fiction book called Everyone Here is from Somewhere Else, a title which I love. Uh, Jeff Wallach, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom. And you may be one of the few people in the world who know of that Eugene Country Club history. So thanks for mentioning
0: <laughs> that. There <laughs> you go. You bet. Um, so you've been... A tad busy lately, sounds like, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, just to talk real briefly, a a sort of background for this. Again, I mentioned your first first book of fiction, which was Mr. Wizard. And this was a story of two brothers. And why don't you talk a little bit about what they were up to?
1: Sure. The first book was, uh, I describe it as a sort of DNA treasure hunt. And not to give too much away up front, because I hope some of your listeners might pick up the book, but uh, the brothers learn early in the book that the man they thought was their father wasn't. And the rest of the book uh, involves their search for uh, who their fathers were and essentially then who they are and how they Mm -hmm. define who they are in terms of their ethnicity and their interests, you know, Uh, The brothers play golf. Did they did they get their love of golf from their father? Did they is there a a genetic marker for people who know how to execute the complicated motions of the golf swing? Things things like that. So uh, Mm -hmm. that was the premise of the the first book.
0: Okay. so this that was your first foray foray into a, a a fiction work. And what prompted that with you?
1: Well, I started my career as a fiction writer and did a did a master's program in creative writing back when I was in my 20s. And so that was always uh, what I had hoped to do for a career. And then uh, that being a kind of difficult career path, uh, I became a journalist for the next 35 years out of self-defense because yeah. I needed to make a living and still wanted to be a writer. So I, I had a, a great career, which I really enjoyed writing nonfiction, but uh, writing novels was always what I wanted to do. So when I turned 55, I decided that uh, I'd better hurry and get back to uh, the original career plan.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this new uh, work of fiction coming up here, everyone here is from somewhere else. As I see, it looks like it's going to be published. Uh, the official publishing date is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So this is a prequel of The Wizard, Mr. Wizard, or is it a sequel? What is it? It's the continuation of the stories of these two brothers, correct?
1: It is. It's it's both a prequel and a sequel in that uh, we pick up where the first book left off and follow the brothers uh, forward into the future and, and what their journey consists of. But at the same time, we go back. And explore the pasts of some of the major characters. So, for instance, uh, the mother and the and the father and other people of that generation who are crucial to the story. We go back and learn more about their own pasts and see them when they were younger. Uh, for, you know, for instance, the boy's mother dies on the first page of the first book. So I'm not giving too much away there. Um, And we don't ever really learn too much about her past. Well, in the in the new book, we see her as a young girl starting in, you know, in her early uh, teens and see what some of the things that happened to her were that affect the action
0: in the first book. Mm -hmm. So so these characters, they have. Uh, glommed onto you a little bit. You you it seems like you've got a little more stories to tell about them. It wasn't the first book wasn't quite enough. There was still something else there, yeah.
1: Yeah, that and and I was a little surprised by it because when I finished the book, I started working on another project that had nothing to do with with this first novel and it kind of didn't take and I, I realized that I had some more to say about these characters. And uh so If I had been maybe a more skilled novelist or I'd been a novelist who was in his 20s rather than his 50s when he wrote this, maybe the material from the second book would have been in the first book and it would have been a meatier book. But I I, I didn't know when I was writing the first book that this other information was going to be so interesting to me and, and also so crucial to telling the full
0: story. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, in your experience as a as a journalist and a writer, what's the difference obviously other other than basic factual information what's the difference between writing nonfiction and writing fiction just yeah, that's a, a great question just from a from um, a sitting down sitting down at your desk kind of a thing what what's the difference
1: you know in a way journalism is easier because you don't uh you don't have to make up any of the information and you don't have to make up the quotes. You sit down, you do your research, you interview people. That's the information you have to work with. So it's easier than fiction. But fiction is more fun because you get to make that stuff up. You know, sometimes I'm sure you know this as a journalist. uh, You're talking to a source and you kind of wish they would say a certain type of thing um, or, or give you a quote with a certain level of passion or emotion and and sometimes you don't get that. Well, as a as a novelist, you just get to make up whatever you want the characters to have said, and so it's it it always ends up the way you want it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, again, the the book is going to come out on uh, St. Patrick's Day, and I know that there's golf themes throughout this book and Irish themes. And uh, what for you personally, what what? Say, okay, a fiction book, you can you can create anything you want, place it anywhere you want, you have any kind of characters you want. Why did you choose these characters in this setting?
1: Well, I would have to go back to the the, the genesis of the original book was that I, I learned uh, somewhat late in my life that I had some Scottish heritage, something I, I had never heard before. And so in the book, the Scottish heritage was converted to Irish heritage just because uh, I was well acquainted with Ireland and I knew, having taken trips over there, about how fun the Irish were to be around and what great storytellers they were. So so that transition happened. But uh, since in my own life, I discovered uh, late that I had a heritage I didn't know about, that became uh, the impetus. For the first book and Mm. having a background in uh, writing about golf for the last 35 years, uh, it made sense to me and it was easy to imagine one of these characters was a golf pro. And so with the Irish setting and the golf in mind, uh, a lot of the story unfolded from there.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You take enjoyment from writing fiction, I'm assuming. yeah.
1: I do. It's uh, the first book was the most fun that I ever had writing in in my in my long career. And uh, I think partly because there were no deadlines, there were no word counts, there were no editors who could say what was acceptable or not acceptable in the story. And uh, I just let my imagination go. And and it was kind of a a rollicking, fun ride. Um, And that's why I, I. uh, did the sequel.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. How long? Uh, well, let, let me ask you this first, actually. Uh, so mm-hmm. Mr. Wizard comes out in 2020. And he's going along, and you were promoting it, and the book was selling. And then at what point did you realize, you know what, I think there's something else to do with these characters. Yeah. How, how did that... I know you talked earlier about it. There, there was still a story to tell. But at what point it, within you... Did you realize, oh, I got to write another one about this?
1: Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. One was that the the book that I started to write after that was not going so well. And it just didn't feel like the right thing for me to be pursuing. At the same time, I had some people who read Mr. Wizard uh, say, well what happens after the book ends? You know, where do these characters go? They had some specific questions about relationships mm-hmm. between some of the characters that weren't completely resolved. And that combination of not being successful with the new project and people asking about these characters made me think about, well, where, where did they go? What, what did happen to them? And as soon as I started thinking about it, um, the story kind of unfolded itself to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh uh-huh. How long of a process is it from, say, that that realization that, OK, I, I, I need to write this other book with these same characters? How long does it take for just, you know, to put it on on paper and get it all out?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, the first draft of both of these books came very quickly, I would say, you know, six to nine months. And I had the story laid out. And and I'm not a writer who sets an an outline and is very concise with exactly what's going to happen. I kind of uh, write it one page at a time and I I, I might know a few of the plot points that I have to include or maybe I know a little bit about the ending. But I just let the, the book write itself. And so each of the books took about six to nine months to write that first draft and then another maybe 18 months to write revisions and the first book went through 12 or 13 different versions uh maybe I learned something in that process because the second one probably only six or seven drafts although it it took about the same amount of time
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah, interesting um so are while this is all going on in your mind and and on your on your laptop do you are you still working as a a journalist for, for newspapers and magazines or what are you doing otherwise?
1: No, uh, I've stopped most of that. And, and, you know, part of it, as you know, being in this business, um, being a journalist, especially a freelance journalist now is a lot different than it was when I was in the middle of my career. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of the magazines that and newspapers that I worked for have either gone out of business or they have uh, different business models. And, um as a career uh, you know in the old days you could really make a good living uh as a freelance journalist um content had a had a high value and a, and there weren't a lot of people who could produce it and with the advent of the internet and blogs and and all the plethora of websites that are out there it's very difficult to make a living uh writing content for for media And so I gave that up, Uh, either I gave it up, or it gave me up, Mm -hmm. being that so many of these markets went away. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I was at a point in my career where I could afford to stop doing it.
0: Yeah. So with the the market changing like that, uh, stories still need to be told. And uh, true stories need to be told, Uh, fiction stories need to be told, uh, inspirational stories need to be told, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. How? Where do you see this going? I mean, is it? Is it? Are yeah. we all going to be, be? Are we all going to narrow it down to social media posts? Or, you know, the, 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 I think the human desire for storytelling is still there. How? how what shape is it going to look like? Do you think? Where is it? Where are we going? Yeah,
1: that's that's a very powerful way to put it, Tom. And I I think about this all the time because. Uh, with the advent of so-called influencers, and and I've been on media trips with these people, and I, I get that this is uh, a great way to communicate certain things. You you snap a photo, you post it on Instagram, maybe you throw a caption on there. But but I agree with you. You know there there are complex stories that need to be told that cannot be told uh, via a series of selfies. Of, a, of an influencer or or some other person visiting a site, and and the only way to tell these stories is through uh, you know lengthy content, whether whether it's writing or whether it's film or music. Uh, I I'm disappointed that people's attention spans seem to have shrunk to the point where they would rather look at a couple of uh, photos that pop than read a a long form magazine article where a a writer develops a story and researches it and applies the craft of writing that's been around for, uh, for a few thousand years. And, and those stories I think are really important and and people uh, seem to be less interested in these stories. And and that worries me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. I, I think they're you know, that's, leads to really big questions about how we think about things, how we think about ourselves, uh, how do how do we how do we create a a a, a livable life, a uh, worthwhile life, things like that. Those are those are large stories to think about. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I couldn't agree with you more on that. And yeah. and I don't think you know, I think uh I think as as people who create content ourselves this is really important to us, you know, as writers and journalists and, and novelists. Um, these stories are important and they they can't be told via a snapshot. Now, there are some things that can be beautifully told, and I've seen Instagram posts uh, that create a story in themselves. But the the complexity and the depth of those stories, um, you know, we need a longer form to, to tell some of the more complicated stories.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um and that's maybe the the draw for a, a a novel such as for yourself, correct? Sounds like absolutely,
1: yeah. And yeah. uh you know, and even in the magazine business, I mean when I started in the business, uh you'd get an assignment from a magazine and it would be three thousand words or thirty five hundred words and you would get little guidance because if, if an editor trusted you they knew that you were the storyteller and you would find what it was that was interesting or important about a subject. And towards the end of my career, those 3,500 word stories became 800 word stories. And of those 800 words, 200 of them were what they call in the industry service. So they were here, you know, here, here's a place that I went to visit and I wrote a story about it. Well, now you have to include three hotels and two restaurants and five websites. And so even, even of those 800 words that you've been given 200 of them aren't really writing. They're, they're more like uh they're more like just, just lists of information. And so uh, for somebody who cared about the craft of writing and storytelling, it, it became a business that that was hard, harder to be in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um So everyone here is from somewhere else. It sounds like a a title from a a lyric song, a song lyric. So uh, it's it's a great title. Uh, Where did you come up with that title?
1: I'm not exactly sure. I think one of the characters in the book says something very similar to that line. And... At the beginning, I was thinking of calling this, you know, The Return of Mr. Wizard or Mr. Wizard Redux. Um, And I thought I needed to move beyond that that original title. And the second book is about the brothers trying to find where they're from and what that means and, and what the influence of place is. In determining who you are as a person, and so that that came together as something that that encapsulated the the themes of the book.
0: So this uh, second book about these characters, of course, brings up the the old, the question: is is there going to be a third book?
1: I I had a feeling that question was coming. Um, <laughs> I'm working on something very different right now that has nothing to do with these characters or the subject matter. But if there's a third book, I know what it's about. And Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years I'm ready to come back and and sort of complete the trilogy and take these main characters through kind of their their later years. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I think if I live long enough, it might still be out there.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Again, we have with us Jeff Wallach of Portland, Oregon, who is uh, going to soon release here on March 17th, his second uh, fiction novel called Everyone Here is From Somewhere Else. It's the continuing story of the two brothers who were introduced to us in his first book two years ago in The Wizard. Uh, Jeff, where would someone be able to find this new book? Uh,
1: the new book will, will publish on March 17th, and readers can pre-order either from jeffwallack.com or from my publisher's website, open-bks.com. That's openbooks.com. And then about a month after publication, uh, it'll become available on Amazon.
0: Okay. Very good. Again, Jeff Wallach with his new book, Everyone Here is from Somewhere Else. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. I appreciate it.
1: Always a pleasure to talk to you, Tom.
0: Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.